Hey, Tyler. What's up? What's the cheesiest movie line that you can think of off the top of your head? You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible line. I don't even <laughs> know what like, movie that's from. You've got mail. Okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know if I yeah. saw that. <laughs> it's like the, the line for the movie, like the crux of it. Yeah. You had me at hello. And people say it all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a popular line oh, yeah. for people to say. Oh, yeah. What's yours? Honestly, I can't even think of one. Oh, I could have I just kept going. Yeah. What's yeah. another one? Well, you got Rocky Balboa going. It's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit. And keep going. Keep moving forward. That's yeah. how winning is done. Talking about life. Yeah. Except, honestly, that one's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine might be like the, yeah. I'll be back. Mm, yeah. Just the famous Terminator line. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But he did come back. He did. He actually did. He's at least a man of his word. (laughs) Well, you know what they say about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. (laughs) That's a good word. That's a good word for us today. Man of the cloth. Jordan. I'm here with Pastor Chris Renfro as we're talking through this past Sunday sermon and just all things Hope Church for the next coming weeks. Um, Chris, I know you shared this past Sunday about the story of Joash and just the overall kind of point of the message being, who does God speak to? Chris, do you want to speak into that a little bit? Definitely. So yeah, that's what we talked about trying to answer that question in this series that we're doing, the Word of the Lord, and just answering the question, asking the question, who is it that God speaks to? And, and what we said this past Sunday was that God speaks to people who have personal faith. And so we looked at the story of Joash in Second Chronicles 24, 1 through 26. And just a little background on Joash. Um, so his entire family was killed by his grandmother, Athalia, and uh, he was actually hidden in the temple and the last and sole uh, remaining survivor of the line of David. And so you see this faithful priest named Jehoiada and his wife uh, hide Joash in the temple. He's there for the first six years of his life. And then kind of at the right time, he's a seven-year-old, comes out and is anointed king and and becomes king of the nation and, uh, and is leading. So Jehoiada mentors him. Uh, walks with him in life, and the Bible says there in Second Chronicles twenty four two that Joash walked with God all the days of Jehoiada, and so we see that he really lived on this borrowed faith. That as long as Jehoiada was there, as long as Jehoiada was making decisions, as long as Jehoiada was mentoring and helping, that he was faithful to God. But as soon as Jehoiada died at the age of one hundred and thirty. Um, Joash walks away from the Lord, starts following bad counsel, and um, and ultimately, tragically, ends up killing the son of the man who saved his life, Jehoiada, was a prophet named Zechariah, who came and was calling him to repent, return to the Lord, and uh, they ended up stoning him in the exact same place where he was anointed king by the priest Jehoiada just uh, a, you know a few decades before. And so we looked at this idea of what does it look like to live on borrowed faith and gave a few warning signs of that. And we said, you know, your spiritual temperature is dependent on someone else. And I just thought I'd ask you, you know, what is that 
look like to you, Tyler? Um, has there ever been a time in your life where you've kind of seen or felt this, or you, you know, you you've thought, you know, my or someone else's spiritual temperature is dependent on another person in their life? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think part of just what you talked about with just this over idea of personal faith. Um, I know we've kind of both shared our stories at different points on this podcast in the past, but similarly to you, my story has been that the Lord saved me at a really young age, which I'm extremely thankful for. Um, but as a result of that growing up in it and just being involved in church as much as I was, uh, a lot of times that temperature was based on, uh, what my parents were doing or what, even when I went to college and things like that, what friends and other, uh, roommates were doing and those kind of things. It's, it's, easy to, to sometimes just fall into kind of that trap of, of just going through the motions of those around you versus looking at it personally. I think like uh, we talk about the term legalism a lot. And so the other side of that is it's easy and it's been easy for me. And still one of those things that I work and pray through is that mentality of um, just the, the works based and the, like when you're doing good things for the kingdom and even just working in ministry day in and day out. A lot of times it's really easy to look at the things that have been accomplished in the church and just put that as the radar of what my personal faith looks like instead of really examining it as an overflow from what the Lord has, has done and is doing in my life personally. Yeah. So that's, I, I find it all the time being the case and having to constantly just be reminded of the grace of God and be reminded of um, just how, how sweet that relationship really is and what He's given us. Yeah, and I think just being reminded that you know, what is my what is my true spiritual temperature in my walk with the Lord look like when there's no one else around yeah. and there's no one to impress and there's no one to even, you know, challenge or help or speak into and um and just kinda can be a, a diagnosis point, you know, for us. It's not that we'll ever live perfect lives and not trying to not trying to say that if you've ever made a mistake or uh, or, you know, had any had any struggle that no, you never were a Christian. Um, but I think for some people it's like can be very easy to, much like Joash, you know, he literally grew up in the church, yeah. and to grow up in church and allow that to just kind of uh, become a cultural Christianity mentality of, you know, I'm, this is just kind of a part of my, my life and a part of who I am without it ever actually being a personal um, walk with Jesus, which that leads right into the second warning sign, which was that you view godliness as the good things that you can do for God. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. You know, Joash actually did repair the temple, and the priests were really laying down on that job. I mean, they were really slacking on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, for whatever reason, you know, he's like, hey, we're going to get this done, and comes up with this whole plan, and kind of made it a win-win for everybody, and people came, and they gave their offerings and their gifts, and even ended up having more than enough money to make really nice utensils and you use things in the temple that, you know, were, were a great tool for worship. And it looks like, man, this guy's awesome. You know, he's like a good king doing great things. And, uh, and, you know, we should, you know, praise and honor him. And I think you can see this, this, uh, flow of what's happening where he's doing these good things for God and, and the pride that can even come, you know, become built on that. Again, but without ever having a, a personal walk or relationship with God, because as soon as, as soon as Jehoiada dies, I mean, all that stuff like just goes by the way. So he's using those same utensil utensils that people had given gifts for mm-hmm. as bribes to like try, 
try to get other nations to not not come and attack them. Um, just completely walks away. It reminded me of Psalm 119, 9 through 11, which we shared, uh, where the psalmist says, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And then he says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And as we said last week, that you know, one of the great things about being in the Word and spending time in the Word and uh, and being around the Word is that uh, the, the Word speaks into our hearts, and, mm-hmm. and God sees the heart. And so it's not about just these actions that we can do or uh, how, how, how many Sundays a year can I go to church, although it's important to be a part of mm-hmm. uh, a biblical community, but it's not just trying to check off boxes and get stars. Um, it's... You know, it's a heart level um, thing, and so as we serve, it's important to serve. But um, but only you can kind of see your heart and and the motives for why you're doing it. So does that make sense to you, Tyler? No, definitely, man. And even just a, a side note onto the story, it, something me and my wife Natalie were talking about this week and uh, this Sunday is just, man, how incredible of Old Testament stories there really are in the Bible. Mm. Like, I, I just never want to brush past, because, I mean, like, the story of Joash is could stand up just with any Shakespeare tale or, you know, Othello or Hamlet or any of those stories that we read as these just, you know, rich historical just tales that have been told. But this yeah. is like, not only is this history, and is this like really actually something that happened, but it's just amazing the stories the Lord has given us that we get to learn from today. Yeah, which is again why we love to read the Bible and particularly the Old Testament too, because there's just there's a lot of incredible things that happen yeah. that also have great application for our life, uh, sure. because it's like real people who were really doing shady stuff uh, that were like, yeah. okay, we we should probably learn from them and not do that thing because that was that was bad, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think that's a lot of what we can kind of learn in a, in a lot of the narrative and stories of the kings and, and mm-hmm. others prophets is that um, man our our hearts are just the same as mm-hmm. the people back then, mm-hmm. uh, like we we are no different in our hearts, and so mm-hmm. some great kind of warning signs to say hey we don't want to walk down that same path mm-hmm. uh, that they did you know just talking off the top of my head reminds me of what Jesus said when the prophets. Uh, when all the you know Pharisees and people came to him and they said you know we have father we have Moses as our father and he's like man if Moses and the prophets were still alive today you you would kill them yeah. <laughs> you know yeah no like you're no better it's <laughs> <Sure. laughs> so like uh, you, you know we're we're very much in our hearts the same way yeah. uh, that that we can easily cancel or stone or mm-hmm. do whatever in our hearts to those who mm-hmm. aren't doing exactly what we say or like today. That's so. a good good reminder too. Yeah, um, I know one of the the other kind of little side notes was you you talked about a book, Dangerous Calling, and shared a quote from it. And man, just want to say that has been one of the most impactful books in my life as well. Particularly with just struggling through a call to ministry and what that would look like. And uh, read it in early college. Um, so just for anyone, if you're struggling at all or even thinking about the possibility of ministry to any capacity, I really would encourage that book. That's so good. Yeah, man, it's one of my favorite books, actually, and uh, just challenged me in ministry in the early days, and it was just interesting, one of the points we made from that was, um, I mean, it's not not trying to, you know, harp on anybody, but it's just fascinating that some of the early, you know, endorsers of that book mm. walked away from ministry, and, and, you know, in many ways walked away from the Lord, and so... Um, I, it's just all I, when I pick up that book, it's 
because of the nature of the topic and the title, and then like seeing the practical mm-hmm. overflow of like what's happened out of it. Yeah. Um, it's just always a, a great warning uh, to me as well. Yeah. So. But I think it's that great reminder of the personal faith that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, that the work we do in ministry, the work we do just as Christians living day-to-day lives is always out of an overflow for the grace that the Lord has given us. Yeah. And so if we are to have a personal faith and one that's protected, it's one that is constantly running to Him and not to the things that we're doing or the works that we're building up here or anything like that. Mm-hmm. A couple of the others was that, you know, we saw that Joash was just stone-hearted. He just wouldn't repent. Multiple times God sent different prophets to come and testify against him, but it said they, they just literally wouldn't even pay attention. Um, and, you know, I think there's that challenge. You have We have some people, and I've talked to some, where uh, you just continue to just press press down the Holy Spirit as as it speaks into your life. And you know, just kind of like, just keep on pushing away, pushing away, pushing away. You know, don't want to embarrass yourself. Don't want to stand up. Don't want to admit, you know, your sin. Don't want to do anything. Um, so you just kind of keep on, keep on pressing it down. And, you know, I think that just the great fear is, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, if you do it three times, then the Lord has given up on you or anything, you know, weird like that. But uh, I don't know when the number is. I don't know if if the number comes for you, but I think there is a danger uh, that you can sear your conscience, that you can get to the point where you just really don't even... You've suppressed the Holy Spirit enough and so much that you just don't even hear or feel um, the gospel as it's as it's spoken and the truth of the gospel message as it's, as it's spoken into your life. And so, you know, that, that stone heart, that hard heart that walks away from God... Is just gonna say I'm gonna do it my way is is really like the way of pride and the pride of life and so and which led to the last kind of thing where we said was um, you know people who who reject the truth um, that it's a warning sign that maybe maybe you have a borrowed faith if someone in your life really is speaking into your life and challenging you spiritually or uh, that really is concerned or really does care about you. Um, but you just continue to reject and push push them away. Um, I mean, that could be the grace of God by giving you a godly mentor, or giving you a person, or a roommate, or a spouse that that just really does care about your soul, um, and and to listen to them. So, uh, those were some of the warning signs. We said, hopefully, an encouragement for a lot of our people as they listen. Though, is that um, you know, I, I just know story after story of people who. Um, you can kind of flip those around, and they are standing firm spiritually in, in hard environments. Um, they are serving with a pure heart. Um, you know, they're they're destroying idols and, and sin in their life. They they live as a light to those around them. Uh, they they've repented from their sins and even publicly profess their faith through baptism, and then they're seeking out godly counsel. I'll just I'll make a side note on that. Uh, one of the greatest questions that I have ever been asked. Uh, was in marriage counseling and uh, and just had had somebody ask me one time in that you know they said is there anything that you see in our relationship that you think could be a potential danger or blind spot mm-hmm. and I just thought man the self awareness mm-hmm. to recognize even that and ask the question of somebody who you knew cared about you and and you knew wanted what was best for you and mm-hmm. in your relationship 
But just to have that self-awareness, to ask that question and seek godly counsel to say, hey, is there anything that maybe we don't even see, but you see that you'd be willing to share with us? I thought was was just fantastic. And maybe that's a question that you could ask in your uh, community group or to a spouse or to a friend or roommate is, you know, hey, is there is there anything in my life spiritually that could be a potential blind spot or that you could see as like, is this a warning sign that maybe my faith is borrowed faith um, and not personal faith? And so I loved, we ended with, and we read this last week in Mark 4, the the parable of the seed growing. And I'll close with this, where Jesus had said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it in the sickle, because the harvest has come. I do recognize that that is speaking of the kingdom of God eternally, and God's return, and his ultimate return to come to earth, and that's when the true harvest will come. But I also think it it speaks into our life personally, and I think it's just a beautiful picture that there are many people, and even in my life, people who who sowed seed, who sowed the gospel, and then they just, they just watched it grow. (laughs) They just continue to like, be faithful in my life and continue to invest and continue to care. And, and, and it grew and, and nobody really knew how and nobody really tried to make it happen. But man, the Holy Spirit, when the gospel is sown into a fertile heart, like it just starts to grow until the harvest comes. And so maybe it's encouragement for you if you're listening to this and uh, you're thinking, you know, well, is my faith just my parents' faith, or is my faith just a spouse's faith, or a roommate's faith, or boyfriend, or girlfriend, or whatever? That God could very well have put some faithful people in your life to sow the seed of the gospel, um, and the Holy Spirit is working, and they they are watching it grow, um, and and the harvest has come. And you know, at any point in time, you can be in your car right now, you can be listening to this, cleaning your house, or whatever. But at any point in time that you feel the Holy Spirit convict you to say, like, I I personally need a relationship with you, Jesus. You can pray, and you can confess your sin, you can repent of your sin, uh, and say, God, I need you, I trust you, and will you save me? And And I do believe that if you pray that, you ask God to save you, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, as Romans 10.9 says. And my encouragement to you is if you do that, just call, text, reach out to somebody at Hope Church, send us an email or whatever, because we want to help you grow in your faith and help you in that personal walk with Jesus. So uh, this is one of the more fun sermons for me to <laughs> preach. Such an incredible Sunday. Yesterday, we got to take communion at the end of the service and just had such a sweet time worshiping together. So uh, I, I just I, I snapped a couple pictures at the end of service uh, just so I could could remember how sweet um, yesterday was and, uh, and just absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Well, before we, before we wrap up, um, is just there anything to be looking forward to in the life of the church coming forward? So just a couple things coming up. Um, coming up on the 23rd, we are doing evangelism training right after the service. Um, if you have any interest in how do I share the gospel, how do I share my faith, 
Um, we're going to do uh, about an hour training at the end of service and have a, a really fun time, have a great time. Should be a lot of laughter and a lot of fun, but also give some practical tools and, and helps in how to share the gospel um, in a way that it's not, it's not daunting, it's not scary, uh, and then give some opportunity to practice that. We as a church, I mean, we say we exist to make and send disciples of Jesus Christ, and living sent is is living on mission and sharing the gospel with intentionality to those that you are around. And so we're going to provide opportunities and tools for how to do that uh, as well as we can. So that's coming up on the on January 23rd at the end of our service. And then starting in the month of February, we're going to be doing 28 days of prayer. And so very excited about that. And, uh, and I think February 11th, a Friday night, we're going to be doing a parents' night out, kind of pre-Valentine's Day since I think Valentine's Day is on a Monday this year. So give our opportunity, give an opportunity just to any parents, families that want to RSVP. It's free, free opportunity to get some child care from our kids' team um, so that you can go out on a date for a few hours. So go ahead and make sure you RSVP, RSVP for that so we have enough Hope Kids workers on February 11th. So that's what I got. You got anything for us, man? Nope, that's that's pretty much it. So if you guys would like uh, any more information about Hope Church, visit us on our website, www at hopechurchjc.com. And uh, if you haven't yet, we'd love for you to come to our service Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Hope to see you there. Awesome. See you.